guys ready to get into God's Word? I think this is so important because I want to tell you, and this is what I know because I had a few coffees over the last couple of weeks, but some of us are feeling stuck in our walks with God, and some of us are even feeling a resistance to our walks in God's. And some of us are feeling like, hey, we are, we're digging wells of faithfulness. We're digging wells in faithfulness, but it seems like other people are just coming in and filling those wells up. And we long for a place where we are settled, where we freely enjoy the blessings of God. Is anybody in the room. I mean, don't we all want to be in that place where we are settled and that we are freely enjoying the blessings of God? Amen? All right. Well, there was a, a guy who kind of had the exact type of season, same season as that, and his name was Isaac. He was Abraham's uh, son, and it was very similar to, to those types of things, a, a season in his life. In fact, maybe the, the clearest picture of Isaac we have in all of Scripture is found in Genesis 26. So we're going to be in, in Genesis 26 all pretty much all the whole entire morning. But uh, like his father Abraham, there was a time in Isaac's life where there was a great famine that hit the land, and God spoke to him and told him to go to a specific place. And he also gave him the same assurances to Isaac that God had given to Abraham, and that is that God would be with him, that God would bless him, and that God would bless all of his uh, descendants. And then, and so the first question I asked myself is like, well, why did God put his favor on Isaac, if we read about Isaac in chapter 26, we're not going to cover the whole chapter, but, you know, he was just an ordinary guy, and he actually didn't get it all kind of right. He was uh, a little bit deceptive. He was, he was uh, a liar. So he even kind of put his family at, at, at risk because of wanting to protect himself. So why did God put his favor on Isaac? And I believe God answers that question in Genesis 26, 5. He says, God says, because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commandments, my decrees, and my instructions. So that is uh, the, the reason. Verse 6, it says, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. And today, you're also going to notice I'm going to be in the NIV this morning, and that's just because after reading the different translations, this, this one, I believe, just kind of captures what was going on the best. All right? So if you've got your devices, you just kind of like flip over. You, can, you guys got NLV, NLT, right? NRSV, ESV, NASB. HCSB, there's a whole bunch. All right, but, but, the, but what I want you to do right now, we just read uh, Genesis 26, 5. What I want you to do is kind of circle and underline verse 5 because we're going to come back, we're going to come back to it. We're going to see how that verse kind of sets the table for the rest of Genesis 26. And we're going to see that Isaac will reap God's favor in his life because of what his parents had sown in theirs. Continuing on verse 12, it says that Isaac planted crops in that land in Gerar. 
And the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. And I want to tell you, isn't this an awesome picture of a harvest? And there's three great qualities of this harvest, at least three ones that I picked up on and I noticed. And the first one is that it says that he harvested in the same year. A lot of times you have to, uh, you know, work some soil for a bit and work some crops or or raise up uh, a vineyard. And it can take some time, or at least it seems that way. But here we see Isaac reaping in the very same year, the first plant that, that he, planting that he does, the first sowing that he does. He gets an awesome harvest. We see that it, the second thing is that it's a hundred times what he had sown. And in, I don't think it was a, a magical formula, like one for 100, but that was a saying of the day, just to say like this was a harvest of a lifetime. This harvest, there's not a harvest that gets any better than this uh, hundredfold kind of a thing. And the third thing we noticed, that I noticed, is that he didn't plateau, that there was this ever-increasing blessing that was coming on his life. Now, we have to keep in mind that uh, all throughout the region, on, on the east and the west and the north and the south of, of, of where Isaac is, like there is this... Uh, There is a famine that is happening, but I want to tell you this, that God's favor lifted Isaac up and above the circumstances that were around him. I'll say that again. God's favor lifted Isaac up and above the circumstances that were around him, and that's how God's favor works in his life. I want to tell you that God's favor trumps Everything. If you desire anything, rather than being important, desiring to be important, desire the favor of the Lord. And it doesn't matter if, if, you, if you're smart. It doesn't matter if you're good. It doesn't matter if you're educated or experienced. I want to tell you that God's blessing trumps everything. And like we said, Isaac is just an average guy, and he is a guy that isn't really getting everything quite right. Isn't that good to know that perfection isn't what is required to experience the favor of God? God on our lives. God, God's favor will take us places that our qualifications can never take us. God's favor will take us to places that our disqualifications should have kept us apart from. God's favor will lift us up and above the circumstances in our lives, and it's important. So Isaac gets there and will know that he didn't waste any time. He harvested in the same year because he planted as soon as he got there. He wasn't waiting for more uh, favorable circumstances. He had certainly had more questions and answers. Remember, he's just transitioned to this new land, trying to figure everything out. But all he does is that he, he heard from God and he just, wherever God had placed him, he just does what he knows how to do. He begins uh, to sow. And I want to tell you that, that he was uh, obedient in that and that nothing draws the favor of the Lord like doing what God tells us to do. And you might say, well, how does God tell us what to do? Well, I'll tell you a couple places it'll happen. It'll happen in our prayer lives. It's a great place. I mean, it's not just about uh, telling God, or sometimes it's about not about complaining to God. 
But it's a place, prayer, the prayer closet is a place of a discussion and dialogue with God in, in the word. I mean, it's one of our values here. We do things because the scriptures show us and tell us uh, to, to do it. And the other is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can come and illuminate things and the Spirit can, can guide us. And these are the ways that God can speak to us. I don't know if we get an audible voice. I don't know if it was an audible voice here to, to Isaac, but you know what I mean. If you want to call it impressed or if you want to call like, hey, I heard, it doesn't really uh, matter, but you know those unctions and those things, that leading uh, and that closeness that we have with the Lord. Abraham and Isaac both experienced the blessings of God because they applied God's truth. There was sowing and reaping. They respected the word of the Lord. They respected God's ways. <clears throat> Isaac couldn't have reaped if he hadn't sown. And that seems pretty obvious and pretty basic. But I want to tell you, sometimes we can forget. Sometimes I can forget. I've got to, if I want to sow something, I have, if I want to reap something, I have to sow something. And I want to tell you, nowadays, I mean, we do, people want to uh, prosper, they want a, a comfort, they want an easy life. And nowadays, it seems like we even want those things with, with no investment at all, no sowing at all, or with some sort of very, the, what, what is the minimum I can do and still get all of, of, of God's flavor of favor on my life? And I want to tell you, that's why the, the lottery lines are a mile long when that, that thing starts picking up. The reason that these, these lotteries get up to five or six or 20 million, or I don't know, what's the highest, what's the record? I don't know. 900 million. The reason it gets that big is because everybody wants something for nothing. Straight up. The reason the line is a mile long, but I want to tell you, and then if we feel like, yes, that's the life that I want, I want to get something for nothing, and that makes everything okay, right? Yeah, do some studies and look at the research of people that have won the lottery. You will see just a heap of ruins. You'll see depression, anxiety, suicide. I read one report from the National Endowment for Financial Education. That's, you know, the government really benefits from our desire to get something for nothing. Did you know that? They said that 70% of lottery winners end up bankrupt in just a few years after winning. Something for nothing, it's a lie. We see that Isaac, he reaped in the same year. And maybe you haven't sown because you feel that it's too late. And, and the, the, the enemy, he, de he definitely wants us to believe that it's, that it's too late to make an investment into God's kingdom. He'll try to talk you out of it, that it's too late for this season or that you haven't suffered enough. Or it's too late for that relationship or for this circumstance or whatever it is. So why bother sowing? I want to tell you that it's God's favor in our life that accelerates our lives. You can sow in the same year. It is not too late to sow. And the best time to sow, I want to tell you, and invest in the kingdom of God is in tough times. Be generous. Live Faithful to God, 
extend grace and honor to others, but don't wait to sow. What we're going to see in Isaac's story as we move through this is that if we invest in the kingdom, regardless of our circumstances, there isn't anyone that can stop what God wants to do in, in our lives. I like that. That's what we learned. This, this story is here for great purpose. It's to speak to us today. It wasn't just for Old Testament Hebrews. This is for us today, right, in the 21st century. Anyway, continuing in verses 14 through 16, it says this about Isaac. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up filling them with earth. And then Abimelech, who was the king, said to Isaac, move away from us for you have become too powerful for us. And I want to tell you this, when God starts smiling upon us and pouring out his blessings on us, that not everybody is going to be happy. People are going to be jealous. They might say, hey, I deserved that raise at work or I deserved that promotion. I should have been the the captain of the, the soccer team. I should have gotten that position, that leadership position at, at, at the church. The PTA, whatever it is, and they're going to say, hey, I've, I'm more experienced than that person. I am smarter than that person. I'm stronger than that person. I've worked harder than that person. I've been here longer. And you know what? All those things they're saying are probably true, but it doesn't matter. They are right, but God pours out his favor on those who cling to God's ways. And the bottom line is God just blesses whoever he chooses to bless. He says, that's my prerogative. And some of his ways aren't like our ways, are they? I'm thankful for that. Are you guys thankful for that? And and the thing is, is that even when people can recognize that this this blessing that you're experiencing in your life, even if they can acknowledge that it's from God, they still may not be able to overcome the temptation to throw a little dirt in the well. Verse 17 says, so Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar. So that's right next to the city of Gerar, this, this area. He's moving out, spreading out, get a little, getting out of town here, at where he settled. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given him. So in this part of the, the region that Abraham and his servants had, had dug wells there too. And we see this thing that we can sometimes get immobilized, like where, do, where should I go? Should I take this job or that job? Should I date this person or that person or go to this college or that college? And, and really, what, this ministry or that home group, what, what do I need to do? And I want to tell you this, that, that I, I, Isaac was just sowing, and he kept digging, and everywhere he went, and it really didn't matter much. If God's favor is upon us, we can, we can thrive and we can flourish anywhere, anytime, 
with anyone. When God's favor is in our lives, we can flourish anywhere, anytime with anyone. We don't have to be immobilized, and I think it's a great thing. Yes, we should seek God's will out, but sometimes we're waiting for those, the fine minutiae of where to go. He just wants us to sow. He just wants us to dig. He just wants us to be faithful. And Isaac keeps on digging, and God keeps on blessing him. So now we want to rewind to verse 5. Remember we talked about that in the beginning, that God said, hey, I'm, I'm blessing this guy Isaac because of what his father had done. And I, I began to wonder as I was reading it, I wonder when, when Abraham was digging those wells, if, if he knew that one day his son would absolutely uh, need those wells, that his son would be facing this, this kind of, uh, the, he had haters, Isaac did. No reason for it other than God's favor was upon his life. He would be desperate. He'd be moving on from here to there to here to there. I wonder if Abraham knew what his kids would be going through and that if, that if his faithfulness to God would be expressed at some point in time in the future in the form of uh, some wells of God's blessing on Isaac's life. There's something I want to tell you, there was something in Isaac's life because of Abraham's faithfulness to God. Isaac looked for, he had, he had heard about these wells and where, wherever he went, he was looking for the wells that his father dug because, you know, it's probably a lot easier to dig up a well that's already dug. Some of the areas that these guys are digging in, I mean, it's just hard rock, sand, dirt, nothing. And maybe you hit water, maybe you don't. But the reason that Isaac uh, went to these wells that his father dug is because his dad found water there that he would find water there. And parents, I'm gonna, I want to talk to you for a while right now. Are we digging wells for our kids? Do they know, are our prayer lives vibrant and effective and our kids see it so that they know when they get in trouble that they can go to that well that they saw us dig in prayer? Do they see a, a, a vibrant a devotion life, a faithful devotion life so that when they get challenged, when they have haters, do, do they know, like, hey, I, I can go to that well. I saw my parents doing that. Hmm. Young people, will, will your friends find refreshing in the wells that you're digging? Will your, will your generation be able to, to come in and find spiritual water because of what you have done in your life and your faithfulness to God. The, Philippine, the Philistines, I've been to the Philippines a few times. <laughs> Completely different people group. You don't lack any water in the Philippines. It's either raining or you're sweating, so you're for like forever just wet for three weeks. Uh, 
But the Philistines had poured dirt into what, uh, to block the wells that Abraham and his servants had dug. So they were trying to block this blessing that would be passed on from Abraham to Isaac. But it, it didn't matter because that was because of God's favor. It was still passed on. There was nothing that could be done against them. And here's what we find out. And back in verse 5, God's saying he's basically made Isaac the same promises that he made to Abraham. Do you guys notice that? You'll see that, that, that promise come through. I will be with you. I will bless you. And I'll bless all of your descendants. So in a way, we can say that Abraham's promise became Isaac's promise. And the, 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 the crazy thing about it is if you kind of read the accounts and of everything that was accomplished, you could say that Isaac saw more of the promise fulfilled than Abraham had. Because there were wells there for Isaac to draw up that the generation before had put there had dug there, their, their faithfulness, their hard work, their, their prayers, their scripture reading, their not following uh, the crowd and doing the right thing by God, ignoring peer pressure, moving in faith when the situation said, hey, uh, you shouldn't just give up on God. This is an important message. I, I, I felt this morning uh, coming in that there was actually people here on their way in uh, at least one or two that were thinking about giving up on their way in. Giving up on a, on a marriage. Maybe giving up on new song, or worse yet, maybe just giving up on Jesus. And I want to encourage you to keep digging. Keep digging. And we see this, that God's favor does not leave Isaac because he never stoops down to the level of the Philistines. He just moves on and he keeps digging. This isn't necessarily a message about courage. This is a message about persistence. This is a message about faithfulness. This is uh, just a message about just keep doing what you know how to do where God has placed us. In verse 20, 21, it says, but the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named the well Essek. I think it means disputed, right? Because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also, so he named it Sitna. So sometimes, here's the way it's going to work. You notice, before they were trying to block the blessings and fill up the blessings of God that were coming on Isaac's life and Abraham's life, well, now they try a whole different approach because they, they finally figure out, I can't stop, God's not going to stop blessing this guy. So what do they do? They start taking the blessings of Isaac and they start claiming it for their own. You guys ever experienced something like that? Maybe at work. Somebody's going to put their name on your project. You got a study group at, at school. You were the one who like stayed up all night, worked 20 hours, and then the one kid comes in and, oh, look at all what I've done. You're just like, ay, 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 ay. People are going to want to take what God has 
given you. And, and, and we just have to know that at that point, we just keep digging because as long as we keep digging, God keeps blessing Isaac, and it's important to persist. It's important not to stoop down. It's important not to quit. And this is what it says in verse uh, 20, continue Isaac's story. It says, but the herders, uh, wait, no. We're going to add a 22. Right? So they said, hey, thanks for all the hard work. I'll take those. Thank you very much. Isaac could have quit. He could have stooped down to their level. He could have engaged in all sorts of crazy behavior, but he doesn't. He just keeps on digging. He just keeps on sowing. He just keeps on doing what God told him to do. And in verse 22, it says this. He moved on from there, and what did he do? He dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, which means op open space, saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Keep on digging because it won't be a struggle forever. This is, this is uh, not a message that says we will never struggle because Jesus said, in this life, you will have struggles. You'll have troubles. But don't be dismayed. Keep digging because the struggle will not last, will not outlast the blessings of God. Keep digging and watch God's favor work on your behalf. Keep on digging and you will find that God will give you and bring you to a place that you can own, a place where you can enjoy the blessings of God in complete freedom without somebody filling in your well or kicking you out or moving this. I want to tell you that that day is coming. Now you might think, well, why didn't God just take Isaac and just put him in that last place that he ended up where he wasn't going to have any hassles. And I want to tell you that's because God had to bring, get some things. And if you read about Isaac's life, he had to, to, to draw some things out of Isaac's life so that he could live rightly when he got to the fruitful land. There were some things like uh, attitude and pride, secrets, addictions, all of these things, the, the, these other wells and these other challenges and these other troubles and, and struggles that he had, they were to pull all of those things out so that when he got into the place, Reboath of open land, that this place of freedom, that he wouldn't have been carrying all the baggage that he had with him. And here's the awesome truth is, you know, when we get settled that there's no weapon that can prosper against us. When we get settled, not if, when we get settled, there is no weapon that can form against us. I'm gonna invite the, the worship team, make their, make, if you can make your way up. I wanna go through uh, Psalm, uh, no wait, Proverb chapter three, verses one through 10. And I wanna look at this thing as, as we go through here. And I want to show you the, the, the benefits of how uh, God works in this, this blessing process. And, and when we get the, the, the favor of God, what draws it 
into us. And it says, if we can put, we got that up. And I put a break there on purpose. So it says, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. And that is the digging part right there. And if you do this, if you dig, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Amen? Sounds pretty good. Let's go to the next one. It says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. That's the digging, right? Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Let's keep going through this proverb. Verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. So that is the digging part, right? And he will show you which path to take. We get guidance. That's a, a form of favor on our lives. The next one. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This is the digging part. And then here is the, the favor. Then you will have healing. This is a physical favor on your body for body and strength for your bones. And the last one here. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. That's the digging. That's the sowing. And then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And that sounds like a blessing right now. So this morning, I believe if, if Isaac was up on this stage, he would be telling us to keep digging. Keep digging. It doesn't matter if you have haters. It doesn't matter if people are taking God, the, the good things of your life, if they're trying to at least. It doesn't matter if they're trying to, to break off the inheritance and the things that you are legally entitled to as a child of God. Coming against that, it, it, it just doesn't matter. Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I, like, is this the person? Is this the place? Is, is this the job? All of these, is this the school? All of these questions. It just doesn't matter. If the favor of God is on our lives, we can flourish anywhere, anytime, with anyone. 